0: You can't be in this game and not be with a PRO. You can't get your first placement on TV and film without being with a PRO. Yeah. Period. Yeah. That's a so, fact. yeah, that's where you start. That is where you start.
1: Yo, what's good? This is Clint, your host on the Music Is My Business podcast, the podcast where you can gain insight and learn proven strategies to build and monetize your music career. If you want your questions answered live, join me on YouTube at Clint Music on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. And let's chop it up. Now, let's dig into this week's episode. Yo, 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 what's good, people? Welcome to the channel where we talk about music licensing, music production, and music business. If you love any of the previously mentioned, be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on all my latest content. Shout out to the people joining the stream. Let me know where you guys are from. Let me know what you do so I can see who's in the building. Um, Super excited today. First of all, it's, it's a new time for the, the the podcast, a new day and time. Usually I do this on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, but I'm shifting the schedule a little bit um, because like this little toddler that I have started like pre-K or some pre, pre-K pre-program or whatever. So we had to shift schedules a little bit to make it work, uh, but I'm super excited, man, because I have a guest another guest tonight who's also in the in the sync space super dope producer sound designer um his music has been heard on nba espn bet on mtv vh1 and a whole bunch of others so decided to bring him on so we could do some q a so we can chop it up have a dope conversation and answer you guys' question um in this sync space so without further ado introduce my guy plan b what's good bro how you feeling
0: what's up what's up what's up clint how are you sir thank you for having me on
1: ah no doubt man no doubt i appreciate you coming on and um man it's always dope to see other producers in this space um and specifically in, in tv and film um you know just kind of kind of doing their thing and yeah. um i think you if i'm not mistaken we're we're linked up with one of one of like the same music libraries um because I, I, I noticed your name from i think it's uh, producer's toolbox if i'm not mistaken
0: oh words uh, i didn't know you were with them wow yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: And <laughs> that it rung a That's bell because I, I seen your email and then i was just like man like that sounds familiar and because i think before i joined them some years ago I was just scrolling yeah. through the catalog and seeing what they had, and I noticed um like you had a lot of a lot of dope tracks um with them. Word. So that's that I was just like, okay, like this makes sense. We gotta we gotta chop it Word. up. So man, that's so how-
0: crazy you put me on. <laughs> you put me on. I had no clue you were with them, so we have really? a lot to talk about. <laughs>
1: okay, yeah, hey, we gotta catch up there, man. <laughs> uh, shout up? out to uh Sigwill Productions in the building was good. VO beats, what's up? Uh, So, man, tell the people, like, I don't know how you got started. Like, what what was the beginning um, as as a producer for you?
0: Oh, man. Um, Well, from from just a production standpoint, um, I started producing when I was in uh, high school uh, in New Jersey. Um, Well, not even high school. I started a little bit earlier than that, but I really didn't start getting my footing until I got into high school. Okay. Um And what's funny is I I tell people I went to uh, hip hop high <laughs> okay, because uh, a lot of the people that I went to school with, they were, you know, nieces and nephews and sons of like a lot of like legendary hip hop people. You know what I'm saying? Like Wyclef, yeah. you know, Jay-Z's nephew went to our school. Like we were really... You know, it was a lot of, you know, even Naughty by Nature, their nieces went to our high school. You know what I'm wow. saying? So it was just like, you know, it, we were I was surrounded by nothing but music people and people that wanted to rap. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I um, mean, I was one of those people that took sessions in high school as an engineer, you know, and, you know, had people coming to my house, you know, recording at the school, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And it just
0: really progressed from there. Um, You know, my, my, my grandmother and my parents, they were, you know, they were really supportive, you know, early on. Um, so I was one of those privileged kids that had a studio on my crib, you know, that kind of thing, you yeah. know, at a really, really young age. So, uh, yeah, I didn't really jump into the music licensing thing until like my mid twenties. I okay. uh, didn't even know that it was a thing. <laughs> right. So, yeah,
1: man. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how it was for me. Um, you know, always, I think I got, yeah, it was around the same, same for me. It was like middle school, at, Around middle school, I was I was trying to be a rapper. That didn't work out. <laughs> and then in high school, I, I I noticed like, okay, production is is where I, I really want to be. Um Boy. and then I would say it was probably early early twenties for me, um, when I learned about sync, but it still didn't click. Like, you know, my guy mm. told me about it, and at that time, like taxi was the was the place to go. Um, but it, it, it didn't really sink in, it didn't really hit me. Um, so man, so how did
0: you learn about sync? Um, how did I learn about sync? That's a really, really good question. Um, my wife and I, when we used to like run around New York, uh, we used to go to like a lot of different, uh, like networking events and things like that.
1: Yeah. And
0: that is, and, you know, she's, she's heavy in, you know, television and film as well. And, you know, kind of put me on to like, yo, you should you should look into getting your music into like TV and, and film. You know what I'm saying? You have a lot of tracks like that will probably be a good place to put your music. And, um, you know, after doing a little bit of research, I realized, oh, I can play the background. I don't necessarily have to be in anybody's face. Like I can just, you know, make tracks from home and, you know, and, you know, submit them and do whatever. And I was like, okay. And it, it did, like I said, it didn't really click for me uh, until I uh, we went to this one networking event and uh, I don't know if my guy wants to be mentioned, but I'm i I'm gonna shout him out anyway. My man Matt. Okay. Uh, I met him as I was leaving a networking event, and he said that he worked for a music library. Mm-hmm. That music library just so happened to be Producers Toolbox. Wow. And he said, "Yo, su- submit some." He's like, "Yo, submit some music, and you know, let let's connect." And I was I was like, "All right, cool." And it was it was up from there.
1: Yeah. Hey, that's fire um so when like when when was that like what year was that 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 you first linked up with producers toolbox
0: oh man if you was, remember that was 2014 2015
1: okay okay
0: yeah 2014 2015
1: around that time dope dope um yeah. yeah i think i i think i came on it was probably about a maybe a year or so after that um because I, I know i've been with them for uh yeah like a, a few years it was it was soon after i got that first um well it was after i got out of this publishing deal that i was in and that ended in like 13 um oh, wow. and then i know i started the road to 10 placements journey like around 15 so um it okay. was probably a little bit after that so yeah that's what's up nice man yeah
0: and i um when i had yeah, it's just that yeah i think I, was, I wanted to make sure yeah 2014 2015 because i oh. got my first television placement in 2015.
1: okay got you was that through yeah. producers toolbox
0: absolutely absolutely Dope. um let's see so the like the day after i got matt's email Mm-hmm. I emailed him, you know, a couple of joints. I was just kind of, you know, filling them out a little bit. And he was like, yo, we 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 love all of these. He sent me back a couple of edits. yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, I can flood y'all with some stuff. So my first batch of music that I sent to them, I sent them over, I sent them like 200 tracks. Wow. Offer of it. Um, and about 70% of those tracks got played within about six months.
1: Sheesh. Yo, that's yeah. like a record, it was bro.
0: <laughs> crazy, like it's freaking crazy. I had to go, and I, I go back and I look at like the schedule A that I have, and it's about three pages. It's Dang. freaking insane. And then that's after crazy. that, I was sending them about thirty tracks, like per quarter, because I wanted to keep the ball rolling as much as I possibly could. Yeah. Um, and one of my first placements was on this show called uh, Off the Bat. Okay. And uh, at that time, it was a, a relatively new show. It was like an MLB show you know it's like first the first take of mlb if you will okay um and that whole first season i had at least 10 to 15 cues in every episode dang that's nice yeah that's
1: dope man that that goes to show you too like you know because i come across producers and they're like yo i sent it i sent a couple tracks like two or three tracks six months ago and i'm still waiting to see if they get placed and it's like Mm -mm. yo you got to get those numbers up and i like what you you said you was like you was trying to send a batch like a big batch per quarter because that's that's the only way you can really gain momentum yeah um that's 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 super dope man um man so like i guess after after that like did sync licensing kind of become like the main focus, or did you still kind of do, you know, other other gigs and, and working with artists and stuff as well?
0: Um, one hundred percent. I was still kind of teetering the line a little bit because I was working with quite a few independent artists at the time, you know, and a and a few. "Quote unquote major guys, if you if you were considering them that people that had deals, yeah. people that had publishing deals and things of that nature. Um, but nothing was really coming of it. You know what I'm saying? After a while, you look up and you realize, wait a minute, I got 30 and 40 songs that haven't been released yet. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. Um, but I, I see the I saw that you you know like my first you know big check really came from music licensing. You know what I'm saying? I was like, goodness, I, this is this is where it's at. Like you know, this is you know, this artist thing is not really, you know, the wave, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a lot of red tape, you know what I mean? It's still, um, there. there's still things that need to be ironed out in the business, if you will, uh, right. in the record business that, you know, that it- it's not really conducive for producers all the time, you know what I mean? Unless you have a hit, you know, or something like that. And even in that, you still have a, a-, a mountain to climb. <laughs> yeah, so,
1: exactly. Yeah. Yeah, man. I was just I was having a conversation with uh, with BusyWorks Beats and we were just talking about, you know, how you got you have all these producers trying to get on the same three major artists. That's hot right now. And
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: so saturated. And, they you know, a lot of these artists have teams already that they're, you know, they're mm-hmm. kind of prioritizing tracks and songs from. So you're like you're really competing with all the other producers who are already in the industry with records and Grammys and plaques and all that stuff. Um, whereas TV and film, man, there's like, there's so many opportunities for your music to be used even just like you said, like, what did you say? Like 10 plus placements in in one episode, every episode of the MLB joint. And it just goes to show you how, you know, how much opportunity is out there. Um, so that's, that's super dope, man. Um,
0: Man, and the crazy. Go ahead. The crazy thing is, I got with uh when I got with Flavor Lab, they had only had they had less than a thousand tracks in their catalog. Okay. So I got in with them like super duper early, and I was told like two months after I started sending them, you know, stuff Mm -hmm. that I had controlled about maybe sixty percent of the hip hop catalog. Wow like early on so that's why i encourage people to find some of these you know music catalogs that are or production libraries that don't have that many tracks of course you're not gonna know you know what i'm saying but try to get in with them while they're small so you can so the attention can be on you a little bit you know what i'm saying so you can be a priority at least
1: yeah Um, absolutely yeah man so you got in at a good time where hip-hop hip-hop super popular um hip-hop r&b and they didn't have a lot of that in the catalog. So you kind of positioned yourself like, yo, like I make this, I'm good at this. I can mm-hmm. be the, I can be the go to guy, or at least one of the go to guys for this particular genre. Yeah. And boom, then the, the placements start start rolling in. Um and that's yeah. and that's a really quick turnaround too. Like within what, the first six months, that's super yeah, dope.
0: But you I know. get my check till later. But yeah, <laughs> of, course.
1: of course, let's talk about that, man. Like how long how long did it take you from that first placement until you got your first royalty check?
0: Uh, At least nine to 10 months. OK, at least not almost a year, almost yeah. a year. Uh, because the first one that came, it was like, okay, this is cool, and then the one that came after that, I was like, oh, this is what we doing, okay. Yeah. And it was my, it was my wife that woke me up talking about, hey, did you check your bank account? And I was like, uh, no, nah, what's up? I thought something happened. I thought I had overdraft. <laughs> <laughs> man. But yeah, man. Ever since then, it's 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 been on the up and up, man. I and I love it.
1: That's dope. That's super dope, man. We got a, a question from Talford Spicer. He says, "I'm in my last month at Full Sail University, April 2022. My question is about mentoring and how long did it take to get your business to become relevant." Um, that's a that's a good question. Um, it really like I don't know. In in the sink, it's it's not even really about relevancy to me. Like it's, I True. mean. You know, like a lot of the libraries, I don't even think, well, uh, with an exception of filling out the W9 form, like they probably don't even remember my production company name. They just know me as a composer. I just send them music. But um, yeah, Yeah. I think it's just it's really and that's that's what I love about is it's really about the music, man. Like they don't care if your company is relevant. They just care if you make quality music and if you can meet the deadlines um what's your take that's on it. that
0: no that's it you 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 hit it on the head for sure um yeah. they don't necessarily care how you do the music or anything like that as long as it's good quality yep. they're gonna accept it um yeah that's that's really the the main thing what did he say about uh mentorship um i
1: guess it i don't know he just said my question is about mentoring and how long I don't know. What's what's uh Talford, what what did you if you want to clarify what you meant by, by the mentoring part of it, um, and then we can kind of hopefully answer or, or point point you in the right direction.
0: Yeah. Cause if I'm um, being honest, I didn't I never really I can't say that I had a mentor, but mm. um one of the other I I have to credit him, this uh this brother named Lofi. Okay. Um, when I was living in um in Jersey, he he actually has He's done the theme song for all the Love and Hip Hop, uh, seasons. Okay. Um, him and him and Mona Scott are like really, really close. So like for years that he like you hear the uh, I think of, this is the life. This is the life. I don't know if you ever watched that watched that show, but yep. um, that's his music that's on the you know on the theme song or whatever. And he kind of put me on to yo you know get your music in the TV and film like you have you know some dope beats that would you know uh that would thrive in that lane. So he was one of the people that kind of put the bug in my ear, mm-hmm. um, early on like, you know, it not necessarily mental he's just a really good, you know, a really good friend, somebody, you know, that was able to pull me aside and be like, hey, tap into this lane real quick.
1: Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. That's super dope. You mentioned earlier that um because so you had you had a back catalog of music when um uh, when you connected with Matt and mm-hmm. when you sent that you said they had like a couple notes like did you have to like go in and kind of restructure stuff since I'm, I mean, I'm guessing the stuff that you made was maybe geared towards artists or full songs. Did you mm-hmm. have to go in and like restructure a lot or th- did they really care too much about, you know, how you had. <sighs> Bro, it?
0: That was the probably one of the most tedious weeks of my life because you got <laughs> to think I sent them a large batch of music. So, yes, I did have to learn the structuring um, as far as, you know, shortening intros, the sting or the stab ending. Um, I had that on a couple of tracks, but then you know the rest of them, you know, it was like, hey, cut these two minutes down to maybe one thirty, you know what I'm saying? Or cut this four minutes down to one thirty. Yeah. Um, you know, take maybe take this instrument out or something like that. So yes, I, oh my God, edits <laughs> upon edits upon edits, and even when I thought I had it right, like when I I was like, okay, I'll remember this for the next next batch. Oh, nah they would send back more edits like hey man these 30 joints we got about 15 of them you got to clean up so it's like that's the job that's that's part of the job and, and ever since then i've you know i've learned to even when i create you know certain tracks now i'll i'll do a version that i might gear towards an artist then i'll do a version strictly for television and film you know what yeah. i'm saying and then make sure i have those stems ready to roll
1: yeah Man dude, yeah, I had the same experience, man. Luckily, I had, you know, I had the publisher I was working with at the time, he kind of put me up on game on shortened stuff, ad and sting endings, uh, because this is it was information that wasn't out there, man. Like nobody yeah. was like breaking down how to structure music for TV and what they look for um so i had to go in i i was ripping out bridges and same thing <laughs> as you taking out instruments and he was just like yo it's a lot going on like it really don't you don't have to do all that so oh, hey, I, I get that man for sure um man let me see if we got uh any other ones no that's it so yeah man um man so you had to go through that that process of, of doing the edits um people started, you know, sharing information. So you knew what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, man. So like, I guess talk about some of the benefits licensing has had on, on your career as a producer. Um, cause I feel like I know for me personally, it's, it's been, it's been a game changer. Um, and I know it's helped a lot of other producers as well. So maybe you can talk about that.
0: Um, it's definitely opened the doors, um, in just the television and film realm. I will say that, um, just sometimes having that uh, that credit, uh, I think people get it twisted where it's like, oh, I got to have a credit with an artist to be, you know, uh, to be considered taken seriously in this realm. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. no, nah, man, as soon as I got, you know, especially when I got on on uh, my, my placement on OWN, oh, my family thought I made it or something. You know what I'm saying? Because I watched, I watched the episode with my grandmother and she was like, that's my grandson's song in there. Oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? I mean it, it um but um as far as the uh, the benefits like I said it has open doors in the television and film realm I've even been able to do like sound not only sound design but do uh the boom mic operation for a feature film you know what I'm wow. saying like
1: one of the biggest problems I see producers have when trying to get in the sync licensing is not knowing the steps to take in order to get that set up and started. So I created a super simple, easy, free six-step guide to help you get started so you know the exact steps you need to take so you can start getting your music placed in TV and film. Go ahead, go to Clintproductions.com slash six steps to download that free guide. Again, it's Clintproductions.com slash the number six steps. Clintproductions.com slash six steps steps download your free six-step guide and get started today like right now like let's go like what, what are we waiting for
0: you know uh it it, it put me in a certain place like I, it took me out of the studio and literally put me behind the camera low-key yeah you know what i'm saying with just and, and even with uh one of my friends who's an artist as well uh wg shout out to him he um one of his first films that he produced himself, he had me come on as a sound designer and also have some of my music in his film as well. You know what wow. I'm saying? That's probably one of the more important reasons you should network across or network with you, you know, the people in your circle. Cause yeah. you know, the two films that I did for him went on to be on Amazon prime and you know, where, yeah, it's, 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 it's really, really dope. And, and I was able to, I was able to even uh, to do like mixing and mastering for uh for two movie soundtracks and yeah, mm-hmm. it's just like it it doesn't it, it doesn't put you in a box, you know what I'm saying? It's like right. yo, know, you can go and do there's so many other different jobs outside of just sitting at home and making beats. Like you can yeah. there's so much that you can do, you know yeah. what I
1: mean? I love you so you drop you drop like two major bars. Um <laughs> so the first one was network across a lot of times people are always like, they're trying to get on with, like you said, the major artists, the major producers getting signed under major producers, major labels, all of these things, um, or even music supervisors that that's been working in the space, um, already. But like, it's the people like next to you, that's on the come up that like you build relationships with them. And you're, you're top of mind when it comes to music, when it comes to mixing, um, and all of this stuff. So that was bar number one, bar number two, was you you talked about sound design mixing you talked about other ways to give them value to put yourself in in different situations that ended up still getting music play so like talk about that like how did the whole just talk about the sound sound design perspective like how did that happen and what is that experience like and what what does it entail um to be a sound designer
0: Were, so I'm on two different uh ends of the spectrum on that cuz I've done sound design for Splice as well and I've also done sound design for um for the two films and it's a completely different beast if I, if I'm being honest and it was probably my first time doing adding music or adding sound to an actual film like an actual picture mm-hmm. um and I did it all in Logic believe it or not too like it was yeah. it was really really dope um but yeah, like I I've always had a, a just a good ear for just sound, period. Like I just know it's it's something that just comes naturally to me. I know what things sound like and I know how they're supposed to sound. And mm. I was mixing I was mixing his songs for maybe a year up until him doing the film. And he was like, "Yo, I want whatever you do for me in the studio as far as sound, I want you to do that for my film. I want you to make my film sound just like that." Yeah and it was it it came it, it came naturally to me honestly um and then the second one came around and he said yo let's let's do it again wow
1: that's so, dope that's super dope and yeah. then mixing like the the whole yeah. mixing and mastering stuff um that that kind of happened the, the same kind of way
0: yeah absolutely um when i uh i i started mixing and mastering before i was a producer and before i even knew what mixing and mastering was okay um one thing i left out was my, my my mother she used to uh she used to be a songwriter and her first couple of demos i mixed all of the records wow not knowing what i was doing but i was you know i recorded her you know what i'm saying i was using a, a program called acid pro that that makes me a very that. very old person okay <laughs> yes <laughs> yes yes i did it all in acid pro and um and we had taken it to you know a couple of studios. They would ask her, "Yo, who who mix and master this stuff?" She's like, "My son did it." And they would be super shocked at like yeah. the quality. You know what I'm saying? And of course, I go back and I you know listen to those records. And I'd be like, "Oh my god, what was I thinking back then? What was going on?" But exactly, um, you know, it, it was a completely different time um, in music. But since then, uh, of course, that's my sound. As my sound progressed, I got more clients as a mix engineer you know mix and mastering engineer than i did as a producer you know what i'm yeah. saying at one point there was uh two years there's been about two or three years that i've gotten more things placed or more things uh accomplished more as an engineer than i did as a producer i will yeah. say that
1: got you so yeah that's what's up man you know it, it all works together and and i'm sure those mixing and mastering skills definitely came in handy when trying to meet quick deadlines in tv the tv space too
0: Tell me about it, especially when uh, I'm the person that has to pull up that old session. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yep. yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, absolutely.
1: Man. Yeah, I've I've been there, man. Have you have you ever had a situation where they asked you to, to pull up the old session and you had to like go back and and replay sounds and things like that?
0: Um, I haven't had to do that. Uh, okay. one of the most recent, but I will say this: um, there was. There was a track that I did on my iPad okay. back in 2015, okay. and I lost the data for the actual beat. But I remember I transferred it to Logic. Okay. I, I did a I did a, a bounce in Logic, and I went to go open a Logic session, and all the sounds were gone. So I had to like find the sounds one by one in a hard drive to actually you know so they would load for to that yeah, for, so they would actually load up oh my god that was probably Damn. one of the most heartbreaking 15 20 minutes of my life cuz i was like i'm going to miss this opportunity if i don't find these sounds <laughs> yep
1: man i was so, just talking i was talking to somebody they um they knew somebody that missed out on an opportunity because <laughs> because um they didn't have they didn't have the sounds they, or something i don't know if it was the sessions or something happened they didn't have it man they was just like i submitted it so long ago it was like they will hit you up years later about a track yes. and like yes. they they'll be ready to move on it but if you don't
0: have yes. it you just missed out Oh uh, yeah, and, uh, that hurt my heart just even hearing that story. Cause I yeah. just, I know how it goes. That's why you gotta keep the files, back up everything. Yep. That's just reminding me I'm about to do another backup after this live. <laughs> yeah,
1: facts. <laughs> facts, man. Just cause. Uh, let me let me back up right now, just to just to be sure. <laughs> man, so we got a couple um, questions. Man. Uh Ox Ox Yiki says, sampling and clearing samples. Should one sample less or do what you feel? um for tv and film specifically
0: uh no samples for television and film yeah at all i do no, no samples um even when it comes to like splice stuff i try not to do any splice anything and i love i love splice you know what i'm yeah. saying and i use it for like artists you know artist stuff of course but when it comes to tv and film now nah, play yeah. all that stuff out brother
1: <laughs> yeah yeah indeed yeah a sign my guy says i'm a producer and don't necessarily write my own lyrics do you feel that every song you create should have lyrics to increase the chances for a tv and film placement
0: i i might be the biased one in the room i don't think so because i've gotten more instrumentals placed than i've gotten songs placed recently um and um you know, of course, even with being in contact with certain music supervisors and talking to certain people, um, you know, of course, I pitch songs all the time. But, yeah. yes, it's really the instrumentals that, you know, that that have worked for me. I will yeah,
1: say. I know I have I have more instrumental placements and I know when I first started out, that's all I was submitting um, at first. Mm-hmm and then now i think now i'm working more on on like full song stuff um and but yeah like and i even when i submit full song sometimes they still end up just using the instrumental Um, so you can't go wrong you can't go wrong either way you know what i mean there's opportunities for instrumentals there's opportunities for songs um obviously if you have a song then that's that's kind of two opportunities. You got the full song and you still have the instrumental. So, you know, whatever, whatever you're creating, whatever, you know, your vibe is and what you have available and what they need, you know, rock with it. Um, Absolutely. Good question. Don't
0: ever limit yourself. Do not limit yourself in this space. At all.
1: Facts. Jason Dowdy said, I had acid pro back in the day, digital before digital performer before that.
0: Yeah, man. That's crazy times. That was in nineteen ninety ninety-nine, two thousand. That's when Cash Money Records was taken over. That's when I had uh <laughs> when I had uh acid, yes. Yeah. And then from acid I had moved to reason and then from reason to logic okay. and then logic to pro tools. And then in between there I jumped on an iPad like ten years ago. And yeah, I've been on that ever since.
1: how's that been for you like producing on the ipad like i'm still i'm fairly Mm -hmm. new to it like i've used Mm -hmm. i've used Beatmaker, um Mm -hmm. and then i've been in garage band so i'll hop in there a couple times especially if i'm not like in front of my computer but how's that how's that been for you because i see you do like you do a lot of production on there
0: yeah i I love it actually um and when my wife and i we started traveling really heavy like around 2015 2016 and the first time we traveled i was taking i took my duet with me i had my laptop i bought my mic just in case i wanted to do something while i was out there and then i was like you know what i need to figure out a way to produce on the go and yeah. when i got my ipad um and it was very early on a lot i don't even think beatmaker was out the. actually no there was beatmaker 2 that okay. was out that was the first version that they had out and um and and i actually prior to in the first the first program I started with was iMachine. Okay. Um, uh, Native Instruments they had a, a iPad version. I think they they still do, but I don't use it as often. The the app has changed so much in years, in yeah. recent years. Um, but yeah, I was using that and you know getting placements off of iMachine, not even dumping them into. Uh, uh, logic or taking them you know doing any additional production like i was literally able to get my sections off in there do my sting my stab endings all in iMachine. machine send them to you know producers toolbox or whatever other library i was with and mm-hmm. that was that yeah um but yeah i love it man and I'm, I'm a person i've been collecting sounds for the longest time so i've just been kind of moving my library around you know different devices and you know seeing what works man
1: yeah yeah that's dope man that's dope yeah i like to i like to switch things up every now and then yeah excuse me just to uh i don't know i think it brings out a, a different a different level of creativity you know when you're able to use different devices so yeah so if we got a question in here and it's a good question um from ghostcore says i have a ton of unused music where do i begin to get placement on tv and film so like if you or thinking back to when you first started what are the steps you would take to start getting your music placed in tv and film
0: um the first thing i would start doing is uh reaching out to music libraries honestly i think that was really the cheat code for me yeah um was the, the music library route um for two for for two reasons number one if you don't have like a manager or somebody who's filtering the music out for you or something like that like more music libraries are they're more open to just dealing with a composer directly you Mm -hmm. know what i mean um and on top of that you don't necessarily need you don't necessarily need like a crazy team to do a bunch of stuff you know with with you know getting your music to certain music libraries or something like that or find sync agents. Sync agents are really, really good too because Mm -hmm. they have the connections with the music supervisors that they can just, you know, get your music to them. Um, Also get with the performing rights organization. I can't stress that enough. Um, When I came to Atlanta and my wife and I would go to different events and things like that. We would ask certain artists and certain producers, what performing rights organization are you with? And, It'd be dead silence. Yeah. And it's like you can't. Yeah. You you can't be in this game and not be with a PRO. You can't get your first placement on TV and film without being with a PRO.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's
0: where you start. That is where you start.
1: Dope. Dope. Um, So so you you mentioned your wife is kind of in the the TV and film space. Like what what does she do? Like and and how do you guys kind of work together Um, in this space?
0: Uh, she's a she's a music supervisor, an aspiring okay. music supervisor. Gotcha. Um, and she she she's worked on quite a few films and things like that. Dope. Uh, and anytime I'm not her her go to all the time, I will say that I don't want yeah. y'all to think I just got the the cheat code <laughs> in <name>. my house. <laughs> no, that's not how. No, I no, <laughs> absolutely not. You know what I'm saying? When she, yeah, no, it's it's not happening that way. But when she does, it because she and she knows my catalog really really well okay um so she'll she'll be like oh i I think you know such and such might be good for this you know Mm -hmm. and if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't so yeah yeah yeah
1: that's dope man i mean just keeping it real it's just like just just because we're married doesn't mean like you just get a a pass you know what i mean
0: like it still still has to Mm -hmm. work that's Uh, not how it goes i mean either way i'm gonna have to work for it i'm gonna have to make a sacrifice for that placement (laughs) yeah yeah.
1: exactly (laughs) man that's dope though that's super dope yeah uh man so how like how's how's it been i guess balancing the the music career with marriage i'm a married man myself and i know Mm -hmm. a lot of people ask me like yo like is there a balance like as far as work and and relationship like what is what is that like for you guys
0: um that's a really really good question um Goodness, how do I answer that truthfully? <laughs> um, you communication. Communication yeah. is 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 a really, really big thing. Um, the good thing about my wife is that she understands, you know, she understands the music business. She has a very, very good understanding of, of the music business. That's um, and she knows that, you know, things can be slow, you know, things can be very fast. She understands the quick turnaround. I may have to stop what I'm doing to, you know. Get this, uh, get this brief off. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, that kind of thing. But it's at the end of the day, it's making time for each other. And we talk about music. We enjoy talking about music a lot. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Rather it be music business stuff, or you know, uh, you know, some of the, I guess, challenges she, you know, she faces as well. Um, because it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. So we have to have, we kind of have to have each other's back in mm-hmm. a lot of different situations. So yeah, yeah. That's dope, um, And man. we travel, too, man. Tra- travel, travel. Get out of the studio sometimes and go wow. travel. Go do something. Like, you can't just be a lab rat all day. Oh, I'm making 10, 15 beats a day. Yes. No. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I'll raise my hand to this. I am not a person that's in the studio every day making beats every Yeah. day. Yep. I'm sorry. I'm just not. I legit have to live. I have to experience some things. Yep. A lot of my best tracks have not been made sitting in this room. They have mm-hmm. been going outside or, you know, sitting in a car, you know what I'm saying, and making yeah. a beat. You know what I'm saying? Like literally being outside of these four walls. Like, yeah. That's man, really, it, really important.
1: It is, bro. And that that that's one of the tips I have for, like, just defeating producer's block is getting out of the studio, man. Um, you mm-hmm. have to live life. You have to experience new things. And that just being in a different surrounding inspires creativity and uh um, yes. i definitely agree man great great point um man so we got uh we got some good questions rolling in my guy jason dowdy or dodie my bad if i'm pronouncing that wrong but uh the question is what do you outsource for your music business marketing social man social media management seo etc so you can focus more on your music i love that question uh.
0: I love it too and I'm probably the wrong person to answer because I pretty much do everything. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think yeah. yeah I, th- I,
0: wanted- <laughs> I think we all do at
1: like at some point um cuz I, I I still do a lot of stuff um in my business. I think probably like a few years ago I started I started outsourcing more so that I could focus more on music. Um mm. I still do I still do, you know, the, the marketing um, and, and kind of creating the content and stuff like that. But I yeah. outsource a lot of like the admin stuff, the, the metadata, the um, uploading stuff, um, the posting on social media and scheduling that stuff. I outsource that stuff. Yeah. But, um, you know, the music itself, obviously that's the one thing that that you have to do. And I feel like for me as a as a content creator as well, I feel like that's another place where like I have to I have to create the content because it's yes. me. Like you know what I mean? Like Yeah, sure. You know, so um so yeah, so what I do to outsource, I I hire a, a VA it's, it's like the first thing I would do. Um, mm-hmm. because that'll free up a lot of the admin work. And I just go I use a a, a website called upwork.com. Um, and then you can kind of interview, you know, different VAs and things like that. They're, they're categorized based on what they specialize in. Um, and that's what I do. And, And then video editing was a recent one that I, um, that I outsourced because I noticed I was spending a lot of time doing that and I didn't, I didn't like it necessarily. Like it was cool. Um, but I was just like, yo, this is, this is starting to take up a lot of time. So those are like the two things that I really outsource is like admin work. Um, and in video editing work for the most part. And then obviously, since I started out doing all those things, it made that transition easier because I know exactly how to teach them what to do, because I've done it myself for years. So, um, you know, that's probably one of the most challenging parts is being able to effectively communicate to your team like exactly what you want and how to do it. Producers, if you're looking to take your music production business to the next level, then I want to invite you to apply for my producer mentorship program. During this one-on-one mentorship, I'm going to show you strategies and principles you can use to start, grow, and scale your music production business. So if you're making less than $1,000 per month in your production business and you want to scale that up to make more, or you may just want to get your music placed in TV and film and just have a coach guide you along that process to your first music licensing deal, I can help you with that as well. Now I only work with a select number of producers each month so if you want to get one of those slots make sure you go to producermentorship.com to apply and if you're a good fit I'll be sure to reach out to you when another slot opens up To apply go to producermentorship.com that's producermentorship.com last time producermentorship.com Now let's get back to the show That that would be my Absolutely. advice in that in that space
0: Absolutely
1: um, let's see Uh, Ghostcore says should I get my music licensed before reaching out to, to the pros that uh, I, I would register with the pro so, so you basically you can't even get your music licensed until you're registered with the pro unless you're in like a situation I don't even know how you would get in that situation but like if yeah. you collabed on something with somebody and they didn't know maybe I, I still don't know how that would happen but yeah, just yeah, no. register with the pro like immediately. I know most libraries you can't even finish signing the licensing deal with a library until you have that IPI number from the pro and all that stuff. So
0: that's a fact. I tell people all the time, and you, know, you before you get your music place, you have to get your business straight. Period.
1: Yeah. It's good. Yep. Um. So yeah. Because what man? Because you don't and i seen it i seen it happen too many times i was talking to a music supervisor friend of mine and he pretty much they, they had a song they was ready to cut the check bro mm. and i guess the the artist that recorded the song she couldn't get in touch with the producer of the song to you know sign off on everything and verify splits and they missed out it was like it, i think it was like 30k bro
0: oh my god god missed out uh, no nah. so oh, nah. you don't want to have one... to learn those tough lessons you really don't you really don't and one thing um a lot of the artists that i work with the you know the group that i do work with mm-hmm. um we handle well i handle the registration mm-hmm. for a lot of the music like you know not even a, maybe a week if so after we finish it so I can start pitching it you know what I'm saying nine times out of 10 I have a good mix or a good a good enough rough mix that I can you know pitch or like a, you know or just a completely finished product you know what yeah. I'm saying where it's like you know hey they they'll hit me up like yo B you registered the song already it's like yeah I'm I'm on it you know what I'm saying so I I try to have those things in place before I even start pitching. You know what I mean? Yep. Um it, it'll save you a lot of time and a lot of headache and it it it, it kinda it streamlines that situation a little bit more. So yeah.
1: yeah. Absolutely. And then it it also doesn't look good on um like with with your relationship with the library or the or the music supervisor, if you send them something and then the business is not straight and then y'all find yeah. out later down the road and then they have to do some last minute stuff. It could it could cause a relationship to go sour. Um, yeah, so I, it really can.
0: It really can. Yep.
1: Um. <clears throat> Be about money. Says, do we have any info on gaming placements? Have you ever gotten a video game placement?
0: No, I haven't. I would love to get one though, man. Yeah, yeah same. People are still eating off of. Uh, grand theft auto from years ago (laughs) yeah exactly
1: yeah i haven't i haven't had any any game placements um i so yeah i don't i don't know i can't give you any any insight diy music biz um i'm gonna have him on at some point to talk about it because he's got some stuff but yeah i have no idea
0: (laughs) yeah he's one of the first producers that i've come across that actually has video game placements i don't know too many that do yeah um yeah
1: same here like from what Mm. from the conversations that we had is you know sometimes like it's kind of different it's not as like straightforward make a song send it to a video game like it's 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 some different some different strategies um yeah so yeah ghost core says when submitting tracks should i submit stems as well or just i'm guess just that just the main track
0: um only renee when they request it, yeah. uh, because yeah, the last batch that I sent recently, a couple of joints got placed out of the batch or or they got some uh accepted into the catalog out of the batch, and they hit me up maybe like a two days later, I was like, hey, could you send over the stems for this one, this one, and this one, drum and bass stem, you know melody stem, yeah, that kind of thing, so yeah, only when when they request it,
1: yeah um outrageous what um I guess he wanted some insight on let me say, I know it's not easy but will it be to get into this business so I guess he wants to know like is it is it challenging to get into sync licensing you know going the library route or music supervisor route um what what's been your your experience as far as getting started
0: I think it's if I if I'm being honest it's pretty easy to get it's much easier To get into sync licensing than it is the record business.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, much easier for sure. Um, And yeah, and once you once you once you make a name for yourself, not even make a name for yourself. Once you can once you can show that you are a reliable resource for music, Mm -hmm. people will start reaching out to you. You know what I mean? You'll start getting more briefs, you know, uh, and and things of that nature. Um yeah. yeah. That, so did that's, you that's really
1: it. Did you start working with more libraries after you got into that that first one, or is that like the one you just kind of kind of focus on?
0: That's the one that I really focus on. I did I signed with three different music libraries within the last couple of years and they're mm-hmm. not as fruitful, if that okay. makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um and then after that I started, you know, talking with different sync uh sync <clears throat> agents. Um and reaching out to music supervisors directly um, mm-hmm. and building relationships with them. Um, I am one of those people. I, I like to do a lot of things myself because I, I realize, especially with just connecting with different uh, people, I, I realize that you can you can do much more by just cold calling sometimes and just really you know letting your personality and your work speak for you. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Um, people will be more inclined to work with you when they you know they look at your imdb imdb and they see your resume it's like okay i can i can you know we can we can definitely build something i don't you know hop in. i don't spam people you know i i, I try to come in as personable as possible yeah so um and it's it's definitely worked out for me now it, it's not always easy especially with working with different music supervisors because they do take long to reach back out to you sometimes yeah uh but Uh, Once you build up that good rapport, you know what I'm saying? They become they become your friend in this thing.
1: Yeah. Super dope. Super dope. Um, Let me see. Lamar Webster says he he mentioned drum and bass stems and melody stems. Is it good to also have guitar stems and synth key stems and brass stems as sections as well? Um,
0: Uh, Not really. I, well when they ask for like a melody stem it's literally all the instruments in one sometimes and then you know like the melody instruments in one and then the drum and bass track or whatever drum bass high hats you know that kind of thing
1: yeah
0: um so it's yeah they don't need like if you got a you know 16 track uh instrumental like they don't need all 16 tracks all the time
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep, and yeah. then a lot of them. I mean, they'll they'll tell you exactly what they want, how they want it, which makes it yeah. it makes it a lot easier. It takes the guesswork out of it. Um, Absolutely. Out Outrighteous asked about splits. Once you get your placement in place, do you have to split royalties fifty fifty, or do the music libraries take a major cut? That's another great question.
0: That is a really really good question. Um, so with certain music libraries, they ask for hundred percent of the publishing um and you keep your writer share uh which is a common practice um there are other libraries that you know that you know do it a little bit differently yeah um but uh even like my, my little brother he's also a producer as well okay. and when i got with uh I think maybe like a year into being with Producers Toolbox, I submitted a batch of tracks that were just me and you know, tracks from me and him. Mm-hmm. Um and we split the writer's share fifty fifty. Um and then they, you know, they maintain the, you know, the publisher share and things like that. And yeah, it was it was super simple. You know, yeah. and he's with the he's with a completely different performing rights organization. So of course they would have to, you know, they handle the administration on that. So gotcha. Um
1: yeah. Super dope. Yep, yeah, that's uh that's been my experience as well. Um mm-hmm. and it it ends up it ends up 50-50, you know. They take 100% yeah. publishing, you take 100% writers. Uh um, yeah. and then sometimes if there's upfront fees depending on that situation, that could mm-hmm.
0: be 50-50. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, let's see.
1: Oh, here's a good one from from Demetria. It says I'm, I'm I have trouble trying to get artists to deal with splits. Everybody everyone wants to jam, but always it's always like pulling teeth to get the business taken care of. Has this been an issue, and how did you resolve it? <laughs> People are, I don't know why people are so
0: scared of the business, man. Like,
1: it's crazy.
0: Oh, man. What I really want to say, I'm not going to say on this live. I'll save it for <laughs> another time. I will save it for a completely a whole nother time. Um, yeah. Communication, man. If, if, I, if you want the soft answer, it's really a communication thing. Um, yeah. I have dissolved certain artist relationships because I can't. Do business with them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Um, because it'll hold up my bag. It, it at the end of the day, it will hold up my bag. Because if I, you know, say for instance, uh, such and such music supervisor wants a song that you and I created yeah. by 12 noon, and I can't get in. I've been trying since 7 a.m. to reach out to you, and I haven't gotten a response. Yeah, we're done. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're we're that'll be the last time that we. I submit anything of ours for yep. TV and film. Very, yep. very simple. I'm on to the next one. I have other artists who are, who was, you know, they understand the uh the one-stop agreement. You know what I'm saying? They understand that, okay, the music supervisor reaches out to you. You're the one that handles the split, you know, handles the, you know, the business, and I trust your word that you're going to see to it that we eat.
1: Yep. And that's it. Yep. That's it. Yeah, man. Um, uh, yeah, I've... I've had to do the same thing, man. I've I've I reached out to people, give them a great opportunity, upfront money as well. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I don't know, they just they they drag their feet, um, and they just they or they don't deliver, they don't meet the deadline. It's a bunch of back yeah. and forth, and it's just like, I'm sorry, I got to move on. And then they try and come back. It's like no, like you literally don't get it. Like there is no time to not take care of business and not meet deadlines. And there's really like in this space and that, I, that's why I put out so much content just like on social media to try and teach people as much as I can. So like if I do have an opportunity to pass, pass to my followers and subscribers and things like that, like you guys kind of already know kind of how this thing works because there's really no time to like like teach somebody all of this stuff And tell them like the importance of it. And you got, like you said, like a deadline at noon, you know what I mean? It's just like, either you're going to rock with it or you're not. Um, but yeah, as far as like, as far as like the business and getting people, I always like have that, that, that meeting or that call before we even start working together. Like this is how I work. This is what's required to, you know, until I get paperwork, we can't work. um, and then nothing nothing gets sent out until that's established and everybody agrees to those terms. We don't even start creating anything in, unless everybody agrees to the terms. I'm not wasting time, you know, and you shouldn't waste yours either. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I 100% agree with you, bro. Yeah,
0: 100%. This is not like... The, the sync game, one thing I will say, it's not like the, the record business where you track to an artist and it takes them almost 90 days. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't even hear, sometimes you don't even hear back from the artist. You know what I'm saying? Whether they be major or whatever the case may be. It's like, yeah. you know, we might holler at you if it makes the album or something like that. It's not that kind of game. It's not, it's, it's really not. It's, yeah. it's a forever moving, you know, it's a lot of different moving parts and it's moving forward all the time. Like yeah. and moving really, really fast too. Like there are clearances happening right now. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? There are music clearances happening right now. So yep. you know, you can't sit on your hands. Uh yeah, when it comes to this.
1: Indeed, man. Shout out to everybody in the stream. Uh we're doing a live QA. I got my guy Plan B here, um, a producer, mixing master engineer, sound designer with a ton of TV film credits. Um, so if you guys have questions, man, we got a few more minutes. Drop your questions in the chat. Um, and yeah, man, we're we're just hanging out for a few more minutes. Um, so man, any anything you want to talk about, man, before we hop off in a, a few minutes?
0: Ah, huh, let's see, man. I I'm just excited to even be here, man. Honestly, it's not too many it's not too many of us in the space uh if if we are like i said we're you know we're in our bedrooms or whatever you know say what they they call them bedroom producers nowadays or something like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah like where everybody's hiding under a rock you know what i mean so it's always good when i come across you know a brother that's really really heavy um in the music licensing space um and you, you put me on to, um, Eric too. That was, uh, Eric okay. Campbell. Yeah. 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 Eric Campbell. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I had, uh, jumped in. I'm very, very new to clubhouse. I'm literally two months in, but that was okay. the first clubhouse room that I had hopped in. Fire. Um, and, um, I was like, this is, this is really, really, um, insightful. And his story, our, our stories are, are kind of the same because I, I moved to Atlanta from New Jersey. Okay. And, um, you know, it was a completely different ball game down here. You know, I thought I was going to be able to, you know, tap in with, you know, every artist here and be able to, you know, make things shake, but it's really not that, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you legit have to like, you know, make your own way. Um, yeah. And I, and I realized they are, they do make, they shoot a lot of the television shows and film a lot of stuff here, but the post-production still goes elsewhere. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, And I kind of had to find that out the the hard way. Um and you know since then i've been able to you know really pivot and you know find you know people outside of atlanta you know as far as the television and film space cuz there's still a lot of producers and songwriters here who are just still um, placement i i need that album placement you know what i'm yeah. saying we you know we need the grammy you know what i'm saying we need that you know what i'm saying like yeah. you know so uh yeah I, you know i you got to you got to widen your neck, as i yeah. said
1: that's a yeah. fact. That's a fact. Are you with CSAC too?
0: Yes, I am. Okay. That's um, what's up. Yeah. Yeah, I got with them when I first uh came down here. Same. Um, but when I They had the I, office. Yeah, yeah, when they had the office exactly. Uh, yeah. uh um I was with ASCAP when I first started. I been I was with ASCAP since I was in high school. Okay. And the first half of the catalog like those 200 tracks i told you i originally got placed yeah. and a few others are still with ASCAP. but right. i went and built a whole new catalog with c-sac so now you know i get a you know a little something from ASCAP, you know every three months and then you know c-sac yeah you know when That's it come dope. around so yeah.
1: yeah i was uh yeah I, I was able to get in with c-sac as well um man i i I wish they wouldn't have closed the office down because they had a lot of dope events, man. Um, And they were really great at at just at helping indie producers and songwriters, uh, you know, with just resources and workshops and all that stuff.
0: Um, Yeah, I wish I got in on that. I was I was I think they had just closed the office maybe like two, maybe three weeks after I got with them. Wow. Okay. So I missed all of that and people used to tell me, yo, they have su- they have such great events like they can connect you with this person and that person. I missed
1: all yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah. I think I I took event. I was probably I was probably with them a solid year or so before they cuz mm-hmm. I was going to a lot of their stuff before I was even a, an affiliate and then oh. like my guy, my guy Ali like he pulled me out to some events and introduced me to, you know, to people there i was like i felt like i was already a part of the family so then we i <laughs> sat down had a meeting and and yes yeah, she was just like yo like trying to it, we would love to have you as an affiliate i was like dope let's do it solid um, yeah solid so yeah man it was yeah. it was dope
0: yeah it was uh gregory smith that brought me in over there um, okay actually shout out to shout out to it's this uh uh milk and sis their uh music production songwriting duo yeah, um, I, I went to i went to high school with them but they ended up moving down here and they were with csac and they were like yo and they're heavy in the tv and film space too gotcha. and um they kind of brought it to my attention like yo you might want to you know get with csac you know since you're on that yeah. tv and film side and i was like hey cool set it up and yep. they made it happen yeah so
1: super dope yeah dope man well listen man i won't hold you this was a, a dope conversation um really super inspiring and it was it was dope to catch up with you uh, especially seeing as we're with you know one of the same libraries and C S A C and yeah. all that stuff so um Absolutely. super dope we'll have to we'll have to hop on do it do another episode too man but tell the people where they can find you learn more about you follow you all that good stuff
0: Word up, y'all can follow me on instagram at plan b 85 or you can check out my website 1985music.com um, and on my Instagram, too, I'm giving away a lot of gems. I'm trying to find my footing with the the content creation stuff. So I'm going to be posting a little bit of beats. Uh, recently, I've been posting a lot of credit card hacks, travel hacks, you know, especially for like the artists and producers out there. I know you all trying nice. to travel this summer. So, yeah, get with me, man. Let's do this. <laughs> yes,
1: sir. Hey, man, that that's where it's at, man. Like there's yeah, dude, like l- leveraging good credit and all and and all the rewards and stuff that comes especially if you have your business straight um oh my god (laughs) yeah you can you can take advantage of of all that that there is in in that space for sure so that's super dope i I feel like a a lot of people need that um for sure so dope make sure y'all follow them um that's it man we about to hop off appreciate you guys coming through at 7 30 uh we will be doing the the live music review so if you guys want to come back um i'm gonna hop off for a little bit because your boy is hungry and then i'm gonna come back on a full stomach uh so uh b plan b man i appreciate you coming through bro be easy appreciate you for having me no doubt man i'll catch you guys on the next one
0: peace all right peace
1: Thank you for listening to the Music Is My Business podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, be sure to do so now so you can know every time I drop a new episode. If you found the information helpful, please be sure to rate and review the podcast so we can get this dope info out to more music entrepreneurs like you. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, if you want to learn more about how to get your music placed in TV and film, visit clintproductions.com today to download my free six-step guide to TV placements. These are the steps I took to land my first 10 TV placements in a little over a year. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.